Hello, this is longtime Milwaukee radio personality Steve Pallack. Stand by, your next episode is queued up. The on air light is lit. It's season five of the Bait and Switch podcast. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. This is Chris Byer, as always, with Jim Martin. Jim, how are you doing? Good, good. This is the second time I'm seeing you today. Had an emergency, right. had to run emergency. over to your house. Right. And I was going to say, hey, can I borrow like an old keyboard? I'm yeah. liking it. It's a good one. Yeah. It doesn't mean we can't order you another one just like it. But no, I need that back. Yeah, well, it, well, this, well, how's that going? That possession is 90% of the law or something yeah, like that. Like I got it now. Getting on to the topic <laughs> for tonight. The reason we're doing podcasts is because I started drifting away from other media, whether it be radio or TV, and started listening to podcasts, right? Yeah. Or things on YouTube and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the genesis of this podcast is that, you know, since we started kind of drifting out of the media, we thought we'd do it ourselves, right? Right. So anyway, the other day I was in the car and I didn't have any uh, in my phone with me. And so I turned on the radio, which I typically didn't do, and uh, heard... Uh, AM radio, mm-hmm. and somebody was on the uh, on the radio, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But he was talking about local politics, and he brought up our guest, our guest and our guest yes. tonight is Dennis McBride. <laughs> Hello, Dennis. Hello. I'm uh, really excited to be here because the last time I was with you, it was uh, virtually. Yeah. yeah. And I'm in the room where it all happens, or whatever it was from Hamilton, right? That's yeah. right. It's the room where it happens. The, the room magic. where it happens, right, the, where <laughs> that, the magic starts. That is Mayor uh, Dennis McBride, Mayor of Wautosa, our city here. And this is our second interview with uh, the mayor. We had him on last year again, as we mentioned. We had him on Zoom. This year we've got him in studio here, and so it's good. Now, we're doing some in-studio every now and then yeah. here post-COVID here. Mm-hmm. So, Which I like better. Yeah. I like actually being able to meet the people like you probably wouldn't even recognize me well actually I, I i i would uh, recognize you because i saw your faces when i looked you up when we were zooming and all the rest of it so yeah yeah, yeah. you're yeah. very you guys are both very recognizable yeah oh we oh well, i don't know if i don't know it's good, good or bad <laughs> well i i discovered how uh, the good and the bad of that because i was on tv so much a couple of years ago that even with a pandemic mask, people recognize me everywhere sure. around Milwaukee. Oh, if I yeah. serve forum, grocery <laughs> store, you name it, yeah. they were recognizing me. So it's not always a good thing. And we've run into each other a couple times uh, in this last year here just around the around the city. Sure. But anyway, that brings up my topic today. Yeah. Jim was not sure if we can stretch this into a half an hour. I think we'll I see. can. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see. It might lead to other anecdotes here. But yeah, my question... Right. Excuse me. You're talking to a politician. We can stretch anything <laughs> to a half hour. <laughs> The, the, That's a good point. <laughs> the, uh, the topic of the first half of this podcast is criticism and critics. When you're in the public eye, when you run for office, you have to be thick-skinned, yep. right? And I don't know if I could do it. I, I might have a little bit of interest in politics, but the idea of you know having to get criticism directed at you, that would be difficult for me. Yep. So I thought we'd talk to the mayor about this. So let's just talk, uh, just a broad question first. How difficult is it? being in the public eye and having criticism of your performance? It, it does come with the job, and it is sometimes harder and sometimes not as hard. That's the kind of the summary. Uh, it really depends on the topic and how you're feeling that day and 
how many consecutive days you've been beaten about the head and all that sort of thing. So two years ago, it got to be very wearying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's easier two years later. And of course, two years ago, we're talking about, oh, what do we want to call it? The, the aftermath of the George Floyd situation and the uh, Officer Mensa situation here right. in Waltosa. And there's a lot of protests that went right by my office here. Yep. And 31 nights at my house alone. I lost track after that. It may have been more. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I remember when we talked to you last time, we said, so did you have any idea what you were getting into? When you, and you said, absolutely not. No. no. That was totally <laughs> yes crazy. And, yes and no, because I grew up in Wauwatosa in an era when it was 99% white. Mm-hmm. And uh, Milwaukee as a region is arguably the most segregated region in the country, certainly mm-hmm. among them. Um, there have been racial issues here in Wauwatosa and in Milwaukee over the years and across the country. We're Americans. We live in a segregated, racially polarized society. Uh, I expected some of that, sure. not only as an alderman, but also as mayor. What I could not have predicted was just how explosive it became in 2020. Yeah. And that, that was the difference. Right. Yeah, well, let's back up a little bit here. Yeah. Your, your original job, you worked for the EEOC, was it? What was it again? Yes, I worked for the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission for over 24 years. Right. And that was among my law jobs, but that was the end of my career. And did that job give you a thicker skin? Uh, maybe not, but what it gave me, for those who don't know, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, known as the EEOC, is a commission, a federal agency created uh, by the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Uh, We enforced laws prohibiting discrimination in employment based on race, age, sex, color, creed, and disability. Um, So, again, I was familiar with all these issues that we're talking about, the the racial polarization and some of the other things. Um, I was criticized, the agency's been criticized and all that, but... um, it, it didn't feel personal to me. It felt more general. Mm-hmm. When you're the mayor, you're, you're a target for all kinds of frustrations, criticisms, whatever. Mm-hmm. The buck stops here. The yeah. buck stops here. Yeah. Did, you, did you run for student office back in high school? Did you do stuff in college that was political in nature? I was the vice president of the student senate at Wauwatosa East High School. So I didn't make it to the top. Now I've made it to the top. Uh, my brother, Mark, was uh, president of the Student Senate. Um, I didn't do much politically in college. I was involved in a lot of activities uh, that were similar. But um, I always knew that I was going to be, I always hoped I would be an elected official. I got a journalism degree. I then went off to law school and combined that with a master's degree in public administration. Th- those were very intentional choices because I thought that combination of degrees and education would make me a better informed, wiser public official, and I hope that's been the case. Nice. After law, well, during law school, I uh, interned for the U.S. House of Representatives in Washington for a summer. Okay. Uh, I then, after law school, my first job, it's a pretty prestigious thing, I got to work for a federal judge for a year. Okay. Uh, so I have worked for uh, all levels of government except for the county. So you, yeah. you see how, how all the people you work for handled uh, criticism and how they had to deal with it. Absolutely. I mean, I, I observed some interesting, crazy things at the, in Congress. 
Mm-hmm. I've observed interesting, crazy things in other at other levels of government. I've worked in inside the federal bureaucracy, and you know, there's plenty of politics inside there too. So, I mean, I've seen it at all levels. And then, as an alderman, I became an alderman in 2008, and I did that for 10 years. And mm-hmm. then I ran for uh, the state assembly, narrowly lost. So, I mean, I've um, and my mother was vice chair of the state Democratic Party during the Kennedy administration, and she was a political reporter. She covered conventions, the Democratic and Republican conventions in 1964 and 1968. So she would bring back those stories. We got um, Christmas cards from the White House because my mother was covering the White House some of the time. (laughs) So I've been around politics a very long time. As my father would say at a time like this, you learn politics at your mother's knee and other joints. (laughs) (laughs) Have you you seen anybody that you don't have to name them or maybe you would want to, where are they couldn't handle it. They, the heat got too much for him, and you know it, it drove him out of politics or, or created a problem for him. Yes, I've seen a lot of it. In fact, I've been reading over the last couple of years. Uh, I read the New York Times every day and the Washington Post, and then I read Atlantic Magazine, and I follow other things. I read the Journal Sentinel. But I've read a number of stories about, especially mayors during 2020, who just said, you know what, I, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> mayors who were in for 20 years, mayors who were in for, who were in for one term, uh, the mayor of Atlanta. Uh, I'm trying to think of some of the others. Seattle. These were one-term mayors. They came in with a great deal of promise, and uh, they just said, "You know, it's it's too much." The pandemic, the r- political polarization, the racial polarization. It, it was just too much. So I've seen it, yeah. and, I, and personally, I've you know observed politicians locally and nationally that are better at handling things and some that are not. I worked for a guy in Washington. I thought he was terrific. and turned out he got caught up in the ABScam scandal, if you remember that. I've seen some of those things, too. Mm -hmm. Wow. So you kind of uh, obviously kind of grew up, and you've had a lot of experience in this. This It's not like somebody like me or or Chris deciding, like, eh, I don't know, maybe I'll try my hand at politics. Sure. You you know the inner workings of everything and Mm -hmm. and how that all goes. yeah, I mean, I've so, had the rare yeah. privilege of actually being inside a court for a year. Right. I've had the rare privilege of being inside uh, committee meetings at, in Congress. I've, you know, my mother would tell me stories about the things she did. I've done a lot of stuff. So I've been on the inside. I, I, I can see the good and the bad and, and, the, and the in-between. Yeah. So my daughter plays softball. Okay. And she's 10. They have some umpires who don't do a very good job. So I thought, oh, maybe I'll... You know, maybe I'll get, take some umpiring classes. Umpire. I thought, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to take all that criticism. I don't want to take that heat. Yeah. You have these 10-year-old girls. Well, coaches, I have a story. You know? We're a couple blocks from Washington Elementary School. And yeah. my, my, my older daughter was a Girl Scout okay. when she was in sixth grade. She's now a lawyer, and she worked for two federal judges. So the acorns don't fall far from the tree. But when she was a Girl Scout, she was playing over there, and the umpire didn't show up. And so they said, well, do you know anything about baseball? I said, I played baseball all my life. You can be the umpire. Okay. I was doing all right, but I, I blew a call. I let somebody, I think I declared somebody safe at second, and they should have been out. I just knew right away I blew the call, but I right. thought, you know what? The worst thing an umpire can do is show that he's not certain about himself. Right. So I'm just going to let it go. Well, the other coach came over and just started reaming me out. How dare you? Blah, 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 blah. You're favoring your daughter and all that. And I said, look, I'm just a parent. I'm filling in for the umpire. I blew a call. I'm a human being. Could you just back off? It's sixth grade softball. 
But I've read a lot about that, and I'm sure you have too, about all these umpires. People are not going into umpiring. They're not going into refereeing Mm -hmm. because parents are unreasonable. Crazy. And it's the same attitude that you see in politics. Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, we are not a very civilized society anymore when it comes to those things. Right. Yeah. You think that's true. You know, a lot of times there's there's two attitudes, which is every generation thinks, oh, the next generation is is going to hell in a handbasket. Right. The other thought is, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Have things truly changed? My mother was a Democrat. She became friends with Republicans. We had Republican friends across the street. They would go and argue politics, and then they'd have a martini together, and they were the best of friends. Mm-hmm. We were once invited. I once actually had dinner at the governor's mansion when I was a kid, a Republican governor. My mother became friends with Governor Knowles' wife through her reporting, and she said, bring the family up to the governor's mansion. I'm not sure that could happen today. Yeah, yeah. Because if somebody found out, even if they got along, my God, the Republican governor brought a Democrat into the governor's mansion. I mean, really? Mm Mm-hmm. Let me tell you a a story closer to home uh, and closer to this date. There's a tower that may be built over at the corner of Highway 100 and Highway 18, Blue Mound Road and Mayfair Road in Wauwatosa, a 28-story tower. No one ever thought that could happen. Well, it might happen. It's a permitted use, which means under the zoning code, if the owner of the property meets certain criteria, it doesn't come to the mayor and it doesn't come to the common council. It's permitted. You oh, all, really? Under the U.S. Constitution, every piece of land that is privately owned has to have a use. Otherwise, it's called a taking and we have to compensate people for that. This woman wrote to me, I got a lot of emails about this, you got to do something. You're the mayor, you got to do something. And I told everybody, it's a permitted use. I have nothing to say about it. Right. One woman wrote and said, well, this is the stupidest idea of all time. And she went on and on about how stupid she thought it was. And then she said, the only reason I can think it could happen is bribery. <laughs> and I said, ma'am, I wrote back to her. Mm-hmm. I explained the permitted use and what right. that means and all that, opinions of the city attorney and whatever. But I said, be very careful about bribery. That accusation is very damaging, and it's also something that could get you into trouble. First of all, bribery is a crime. And if you know that somebody is getting bribed, please tell me and the district attorney, and we'll do something about it right away. Right. We don't want that going on. Second, if you accuse somebody of bribery and it's untrue, mm-hmm. you're slandering them. Mm-hmm. You can be sued for defamation. Don't get yourself into that trouble. So please, if you have evidence, I'd like to know. She wrote back and said, well, I don't have any evidence, but it's, it's got to be because what, what else could it be? Right, it's right. the only thing I could think of. Yeah. It, well, it might be a disagreement. It might be the zoning code permits it. Yeah. You know? right. But you talk about criticism and that sort of thing. That's the kind of stuff that people talk about today. They just throw it out there and they don't think about it. They don't right. think how damaging those sorts of things are. Yeah, yeah. right. The um, uh, That reminds me a little bit of things like gas prices or inflation or anything with the economy where they feel like the president just has a switch. Right. He can turn it up. Oh, all right, gas prices up. Crank it up. 
Nope, oh, gas prices down. Exactly. Down. You're the mayor. Yeah. You can do something. Well, right. no, I can't because the Wisconsin legislature and the state constitution and the U.S. constitution tell me what the box is that I'm in. Yep. And I can do stuff inside the box, but I can't do stuff outside that box. Right. It's exactly the same thing. Where's your magic wand? I always say, where's the magic wand? I haven't found it yet. Right. You know, you can always, I think, use the Constitution. If you tell these people it's constitutional right for them to do, now all of a sudden, that might be a little bit of a light Well, let me give you an example. There's, like a, there's a woman near me, very nice, good neighbor. And she's one of the anti-apartment people. We've got a lot of apartments going up here. We right. can talk about that. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin is, I mean, uh, Wauwatosa is a real hot spot for all kinds of development. We have a national, national housing shortage. Hmm. We didn't build enough housing in the first 20 years of the 21st century, and that's what's causing this. But anyway, she said, why don't you just stop all the apartments right now? And <laughs> just I said, turn the switch off. Come I on. said, Donna, uh, it is illegal to declare a building moratorium in Wisconsin. I do not have that authority. She said, well, you got to do something about it. And then I thought about it later, and I thought, you know, they have a, an old house that's about as old as mine, over 100 years old. But for whatever reason, they didn't have a garage until a couple of years ago. And they built a garage. Mm -hmm. So what if I had gone to her and said, you know what? I've declared a moratorium on garage building. Right. Yep. She'd say, well, everybody else has a garage. Right. And I'd say, well, sorry, you didn't get here in time. We've decided we have too many garages in Wauwatosa. I'm, I'm the mayor. Sorry. I'm the mayor. No I'm going to just, no garages. She'd <laughs> scream bloody murder. Yeah. yeah. And, she, you know, if we really did that, she could get a lawyer and they'd say you're doing a taking under the Fifth Amendment of the U.S. Constitution, Fifth and Fourteenth Amendments and the counterparts in the state constitution. So people aren't thinking through a lot of this stuff. They're reacting. And I, I understand it. And I think we may have talked about this the last time we talked about people don't feel good about change. Whatever change mm -hmm. is, every elected official in the country will tell you this. I heard... The mayor of Ithaca, New York, interviewed a national radio about a year ago, and he said the same thing I'm about to say, which is uh, everyone is resistant to change. They're yep. comfortable with what they've got. And even if you come in and say, look, this is going to be a new this or a new that, and it's going to be better, you're, you're now getting, you're getting past their comfort level. Yep. Right. And of course, it might be generational to some extent. Yes. Right? yes. Older people want status quo. Newer people don't mind change. Well, yep. what you... You grew up here. Did you grow up here too? I did. Yeah, okay. Right across the street. Yep. Okay. So, you know, a lot of people, our parents particularly, they would say, well, Wauwatosa isn't what it used to be. It goes yep. back to what you were saying earlier. Mm -hmm. By the way, uh, I found a thing the other day that the first known mention of this generation's going to hell in a handbasket, <laughs> it was published in 1894 in, some, in, a, in a newspaper, and I got a copy of that. But every generation, at least since, has been saying, oh, this next generation going to hell it isn't Wauwatosa isn't what it used to be you yeah. know well no it, it isn't what it used to be because it's called evolution things evolve right sure. yep. we have to keep up with the times well we didn't used to have cell towers in Wauwatosa right so we need cell towers now you yeah, know we yeah. Yeah. well we didn't you know we're going to hell in a handbass we've got these ugly towers here well, mm -hmm. okay yeah. so everybody's <laughs> got to adjust to this right yeah the critic that made me think of this topic was somebody on am talk radio and maybe the specific criticism he had we'll save for the second half because the second half of the podcast i want to talk about what's going on in Wauwatosa in terms of development and whatnot mm -hmm. let's just talk about different critics that are out there that you have to deal with whether it be am talk radio maybe npr maybe the newspaper maybe fellow alderman people on the council let's start with am talk radio 
how's your relationship with some of those people on there? Do you have a relationship? Obviously, the name in town is Belling, Mark Belling. Mm -hmm. Then in the morning, it's Dan O'Donnell, I think, is on. Right, WISN. Uh, WISN is, is maybe the main channel for the. And they've yeah. also got, I shouldn't say that, uh, TMJ's also got uh, Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner, right. <clears throat> and maybe somebody else. Uh, Jay Weber, I think, is. Anyway. Yeah. So. Have you met these people? How is your relationship with AM Talk Radio, which tends to be on the conservative side? Of I don't listen to uh, AM Radio. It's not a political statement. I just don't listen to AM Radio. I did have a number of interactions with a few of those folks a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. And again, we had our tumult in Wauwatosa. And uh, even before that with Belling, a couple of times he makes statements which are frankly false. Mm-hmm. Uh, he made some false statements. I called up and I, I, I called the number and uh, I said to the producer, uh, I'd like to talk about what Mr. Belling just said. I'm uh, Mayor Dennis McBride. And he goes, no, we're talking about Mayor Dennis McBride of Wauwatosa. I said, I am Mayor Dennis McBride of Wauwatosa. <laughs> and he goes, oh, well, that segment's over. Because so I'm then another, yeah. another time I called him up and uh, I can't remember exactly what was going on, but I said, you're just wrong about that. And he put me on the air and he was challenging me, and I said, no, you're wrong, and I kept giving him the facts. And he was getting very frustrated. My sister-in-law, who lives in Brookfield, said, wow, I've never heard anybody handle Belling the way you handle them. Mm -hmm. But I said, well, I wasn't trying to handle anything other than just setting the facts straight. Right. Yeah. So that happens. During uh, 2020, I got regular calls from WTMJ Radio, which tends to be conservative, and I just went on and answered their questions, especially during the curfew period, October 7th to October 12th, 2020. Yep. Every day they'd call me up and say, would you be interviewed? And I said, yeah, I want to get, want to get the word out. And, and they were fine. We got along well. They just wanted to have listeners hear what the mayor had to say during yep. a time of crisis. Right. Mm -hmm. So I will go on and talk to just about anybody. There, I will say there was a local TV station during 2020 that um, consistently got things wrong, cons consistently sensationalized things. And I kept saying, you're getting some things wrong here, and I'd like to have you correct that, at least for the online version that you've got. And they refused. And I said, I'd like to talk to your editors, and they refused. And then the editor said, well, if you go on and if you'll – uh, be interviewed again, then we'll let you. We'll correct the other thing. And I said, no, I'm not going to go on for your next news cycle and give you another sensational story. I want you just to factually correct what you put out there already. Well, right. they refused that, so I tend to avoid that TV station. Yeah. Um, so, but I'm a journal. I was a journalism major. My parents were newspaper reporters. Uh, I believe in the free press. I believe in transparency. I believe in getting facts and information out to people. Uh, so I will generally submit, sit for any interview, any podcast that people ask me to do, as long as it fits into my schedule. What about uh, the journal, the journal Sentinel? Do you have much dealing with them? A lot of dealings with them. And I've set them straight a few times, and they're good about correcting their articles. I've had good relationships with a couple of their people. One, one thing I do is I, I try to get to know people when they get on the beat. There's a new guy... Uh, who's on the beat now, and he called me up, and I called him, and we're going to sit down personally and talk, but we've had some good telephone chats, and um, I start by letting them know that I come from a journalism family, and that usually delights the reporters, because sure. they know that I understand the business. And, you know, I worked in public relations myself, too, for Northwestern Mutual and for Rexnord, so I also was in that world personally. Mm -hmm.
one one area of potential conflict is with the board with you know fellow uh, how's how's uh, um government set up okay so we have a mayor and a common council we are a second class city a city of the second class uh first class cities in wisconsin are milwaukee and madison they are governed differently Mm-hmm. The mayors there are more like the governor or the president. They have more power. They are also separate from the council. The mayor does not preside over the meetings of the Milwaukee Common Council. In Wauwatosa, city of the second class, and I think maybe the third class and fourth class cities have this as well, the mayor technically is a member of the council, but I do not get a vote unless there's a tie. I also have veto power, so I... I chair all the meetings. I chair the full meetings, not mm-hmm. the committee meetings, and I, but I don't vote. How uh-huh. many seats are there? There are 16. It's going to go down to 12 in a couple of years. There's just a referendum to shrink the size of the council. Why a even-numbered? Uh, wouldn't it be more likely to have an odd-numbered uh, amount? Yeah, Milwaukee's got 15. That would make more sense. The size and the composition of the Wauwatosa Common Council go back to some historical events. Uh, Wauwatosa became a city 125 years ago. We celebrated our 125th anniversary in May. We go back 180 years as, a, as an entity. Town of Wauwatosa was in 1840, it was established. But as a city, we've been around since 1897. There was a common council then, and it fluctuated in size. But in 1952, the city of Wauwatosa annexed the remaining portion of the town of Wauwatosa, which is mostly what we know as the west side of Wauwatosa, mm-hmm. and tripled in size. And what they did was apparently there's a deal. If you let us annex you, we will just let you guys who are on the town board be members of the common council. So they expanded the council. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. So it was a political stratagem to make the marriage happen. So we never should have annexed that west side. <laughs> we got our rival West Side podcast, which we don't even oh, we shouldn't true. talk about them to no. to give more publicity. Well, I'll tell you what: um, the homes on the east side are old and beautiful and all that, mm-hmm. but uh, there's an awful lot of property value on the west side. Yeah, yeah, a little and bit more. Mayfair uh, Mall, uh, Briggs and Stratton, Mayfair Collection, some of the real big entities. Now the uh, medical center has come online as a taxable entity mm-hmm. so that was uh, if nothing else a very good addition to our tax base so how heated do things get in common council meetings and do things get personal towards you and and amongst the aldermen uh the answer is they can get heated they don't often get heated there's uh people are generally polite and we try to uh, make sure that people remain civil although there are cracks in that uh, sometimes the alders get um, sideways with each other. They don't openly get sideways with me at meetings, but there are times when there's talk and disagreement and whatever, and fine. You know, those are 16 human beings. And during, the, again, the tumult of 2020, many times these conservative talk show hosts were saying, you got to fire that alder person. There was one on this side of town who was notoriously liberal, according to them. And she was supporting the protesters and whatever. And I said, look, each alder person is separately elected by his or her constituents. They have to answer to them. Right. And if the constituents want to keep reelecting them, they do that. Victor Berger, who was our congressman in Milwaukee back in the World War I era, socialist, he was reelected from prison. He was put in under the Espionage Act for um, 
for opposing the war, and they elected him from prison. So, I mean, if they can elect a guy from prison, they can certainly reelect alders that they, whatever. So, and I said, look, that doesn't mean I agree with everything these people say, but uh, they don't have a right to tell me what to say, and I don't have a right to tell them what to say. They have their own bailiwick. The difference between me and them is that I was elected by everyone in the city. They were elected by people in their districts. But, you know, they have they have constituencies. And I was just saying today that uh, I was telling somebody that I think our council is quite representative of the city right now. Uh, we have extremely liberal people. We have extremely conservative people. And most of the people are in the middle. And that pretty much sums up Wauwatosa politically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were talking about this earlier a little bit. But um, the uh, I, I think that 75% of the everybody of the nation is willing to have sit down and have conversations about politics and then go have a martini i right. bet you 75 percent right are willing to do this the 25 percent on the outside you know the fringes that are they're i'll say causing the problems but they're they're you know, the loudest the loudest loudest yeah. and they seem to be driving most of the uh, politics, I guess. And maybe well, they, the gerrymandering and some of the other techniques that people have, and these are very clever politicians, that's poisoned the political yep. discourse. Um, I will say this. It goes back to the th- thick skin thing you said earlier. Mm-hmm. You can't dwell on all this stuff. You're always going to hear from the loud people. You're not going to always hear from the quiet people. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you're hearing from a whole lot of loud people, then that's something you've got to deal with. But if you're hearing from a handful of loud people on either side, and I trust me, especially again two years ago, I keep going back to that, I heard from a lot of loud people on each extreme. Yep. You know, there was the one side that said, you've got to lock up all the protesters. And I go, well, you know, there is this thing called the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. <laughs> right. They do get to march. The Second they do... Amendment is the only one that matters. Yeah, exactly. And then on the other extreme, it was like, well, how dare you put the police out there? Well, right. sometimes they're breaking the law. Yeah. So, right. I, and I told the, a lot of the protest leaders, I met with them, and I said, you guys can do what, you can march all day long if you want that's that's your right under the First Amendment. Just don't break the law because if you break the law, then the police are going to have to arrest you. So, but I hear from the left wing saying, "How dare you?" And on the right wing, "How dare you not?" Yeah. You know. So, yeah. but those are the extremes. What I have heard from, and re- I find this remarkable, but consistently during my time as mayor, particularly since the time of the curfew and all that, almost every day someone comes up to me if I'm out in public at the athletic club at the grocery store, doing yard work, walking down the street. They come up, and there are sometimes people I know, and sometimes I don't know them at all. And they say, thank you for what you're doing. And specifically, many times, thank you for what you did two years ago to to protect our our lives and property. Yeah. And I try to remind people, the left-wingers who say, well, you were suppressing protests. No. The people who died in Kenosha were Black Lives Matter protesters. We were protecting the lives of everyone. We didn't lose any lives, mm-hmm. very small injuries. We lost $16,000 of broken windows. Yeah. Five weeks earlier, Kenosha went up in flames, $52 million in property damage. Two yeah. people died. Other people got seriously injured. None of that happened. So uh, people understand that. Most people, the great middle of Wauwatosa, have thanked me about that almost literally every day. Maybe that's the answer to the original question I had, which is, how do you deal with criticism? I guess it comes in satisfaction of a job well done. 
Absolutely. And it goes back to what Jim was saying earlier, which is, you know, oh, everybody says to me, oh, I bet you didn't know that you were going to get into this mess when you got into it. And uh, people say that to me all the time, but it's their way of expressing sympathy and I think some admiration for how I've handled myself during it. The best thing was a couple days before Christmas in 2020, I was down in the, what we still like to call pick and save, the metro market on State Street. And I was wearing my mask. And everybody else was wearing a mask. And there was this middle-aged black gentleman. And he called out to me, Mayor McBride. They all recognize me. Everybody does with my mask on, you know. (laughs) Do you have your name on the mask? (laughs) No. No. So I said, yeah, what can I do for you? And he said, I just want you to know you're doing a great job. And I said, well, thank you. And he said, I'm a preacher. You can't please everybody. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I thought... That's the best Christmas present I could get. Right. Right? There you go. There you go. And that, that makes it all the criticism, dealing with all the criticism. Work. Well, and here's the other thing. Christmas I don't need the job. Yeah. I'm retired from my day job. They're only paying me $30,000 a year. The mayor of Brookfield, which is a smaller city, gets 110000 a year. Are you listening, Common Council? But anyway. Um, <laughs> You're talking p- about the Brookfield Common Council? You want them to yeah, lower yeah. the salary? <laughs> right. The point is that uh, I don't need it. Yeah. And if I needed it, I would have stayed with my day job. Uh, I've got a pension and I've got some savings and all that. I'm we'll doing get this. into that in the second half of your right. portfolio. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, I'm doing this because I love my hometown and I, I trained myself to do this and, you know, who else is going to step up? That's what I, I figured. So um, I got interviewed by W. Well, it was a Milwaukee Press Club interview, panel interview, Newsmakers Luncheon, they called it. Um, right after it was October 27th, 2020. And uh, a WWM reporter said, people want you to basically, they want you to resign. They keep saying that you should resign. And it was pretty clear to me that she felt that I should resign too. (laughs) And uh, I answered this way. I said, you know, the last time I checked, we live in a democracy. I got elected by over 60% of the vote just a few months ago. I have a four-year term and I intend to serve it out. If the people don't want to keep me, that's their decision, and I'll go back to retirement. So in a way, nobody can, they can't hurt me. Yep. Mm -hmm. Actually, they could. Somebody shot a baby through my window a couple of years ago. But anyway, uh, but they, I mean, politically, who cares? You know what? Mm -hmm. I I don't need the job. Well, uh, with that, uh, let's wrap up the first half. We'll take just a little bit of a break here, and then we'll come back and uh, talk about What's going on in the city here uh, since we last talked to Mayor? And my portfolio. And your portfolio, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, and uh, make sure you get your passwords written down and your username, and we'll check that out. Account numbers. Sure. Okay. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch podcast for the conclusion of our interview with Wauwatosa Mayor Dennis McBride as we discuss the state of our fine city. You've made it to the end of yet another Bait and Switch podcast. Spread the word.